has it been since you talked with the Lord and told him your heart's hidden secrets? How long since you prayed? How long since you stayed on your knees till the light shone through? How long has it been since your mind felt at ease? How long since your heart knew no burden? How Well, tonight, once again, we uh, have with us Brother Pringle, and of course, that's Mrs. Weiser's dad, and uh, some of you may know her as Elizabeth, and uh, we're certainly glad that he can be with us tonight, and again, we, um, we thank Elizabeth and Nate, too. They're, they're, they're just the best, and we love them around here. My, I get that all the time, so I have to do that. Everybody's always like, well, if you left, which would be all right as long as your wife stays around. You know, it's always give that, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff happens all the time with me. But uh, we do. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, um, just through the years, I mean, what, seven children. Can you imagine the patience of Job? And uh, that's all from mom and dad. Mom and dad taught her something. I mean, they taught her something, did a good job with her. And we're certainly pleased with how she turned out. And I know I am. And uh, uh, I just think mom and dad are probably as proud as punch. And uh, Dad's going to come preach for us. Now, again, we, we don't know Brother Pringle too awfully much except for through his daughter. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, when God uses a couple to do something like they did in the life of a daughter like that, then there's something that this man can share with us. God did something in his life to pass that on to his daughter. And, boy, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to hear what he has to say. I've heard him preach before, okay? And uh, uh, let me tell you what, he, he loves the word. He loves the Lord, and he's going to do a great job tonight. And you just open your heart and let the Lord Jesus Christ speak to you tonight, all right, would you? 
God bless you, brother. God bless you, brother. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, good evening. Good to see everyone this evening. We do hope and pray you're looking for a blessing. I, I want to say right off, I enjoyed the uh, choir song about uh, knowing God. I think that's a, you think about that for a little bit. One thing I want to say, do you know that there's definitely two types of fools mentioned in the Bible? And the first one is the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So if a person's saying, I don't believe in God, uh, they've just classified themselves. And the other one that I'm thinking of is the Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection. He's walking the Emmaus Road and he has a couple of his disciples right there and they're talking back and forth about the events that had happened. And the Word of God says that Jesus opened the Scriptures and beginning at Moses and the prophets... He opened up the Word of God in day, the Psalms. He says they opened up the Word of God and showed them all the things about Christ and how He must suffer and how He must uh, be crucified and how He must raise again. And uh, what He had done at the time, He says, they're sitting there talking about and He says, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written. And so Christians can be fools then they, when they don't believe all the Word of God. Uh, you've probably run into somebody that says, well, I believe a lot of the Bible, but I don't believe everything in it. You've just classified yourself. Now, don't run out of here saying Brother Pringle called you a fool. I did not. I'll call you a liar if you say that. <laughs> I'm just telling you that the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, and thou fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have written. I had one of my granddaughters just a little bit ago says, uh, now, Papa... Why do you have that beard? And I said, well, this is to designate the wisdom that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> it's not necessarily anything that I have in my head, but when I try to speak, I try to speak the Word of God because I do believe all the Word of God. And I, I do believe that that's important. So I wanted to know that it was white because of the wisdom that God allows me to bring forth from my mouth when I'm preaching. And so, anyway, so Lord willing, you'll get something tonight that will be helpful. But it is good to be here. Uh, my wife and I, our family, just love Pastor O'Donnell and, and his family. I, I love watching what God has done here. It has been just one blessing after another. One thing that uh, preachers enjoy is encouragement they see from other preachers just moving along and staying in the work. I'll tell you, there, there are so many preachers that for one reason or another either have fallen or could fall, and, and uh, we are living in the last days. We know Jesus is getting ready to come again. So it's a, always a blessing to see a man of God standing the way he should as a man of God. And, and I'll tell you what, we really do appreciate 
uh, Brother O'Donnell and, and the testimony he has. Uh, just a, a real blessing. Uh, now, tonight I want you to open your Bibles, Revelation in chapter 1. And uh, I, I, uh, when I preach, I like people to uh, stand. And, and mainly, I get that out of Nehemiah. Now, in Nehemiah, and by the way, as I look around, brother, you might have to buzz me tonight. <laughs> I see no clock. So I'll, but I'll try, to be, I'll try not to be too long. But in Nehemiah, do you realize that when they opened the Word of God, everybody stood? And do you realize that while they read the Word of God for a fourth of part of the day, you're talking about three hours, everybody stood. And after they read the Word of God, they still stood while they gave another fourth of part of the day making known what the Word of God said. So literally they stood at a, I don't know if they what is it attention, but they stood to give honor to the Word of God and what they hadn't heard in a long, long time. Now, I don't intend to keep you here for six hours. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, just in honor of the Word of God, let's go ahead and stand if you would, please. I'm in Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 10. <coughs> John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me the great voices of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. I'm going to jump down to verse 19. Write the things which thou hast seen and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in, the, in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you, Lord, this evening. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We ask you, Lord, to bless it to our hearts and our lives. We pray, Father for the Holy Spirit to move and guide and direct in, in, our, uh, in among us, uh, Lord, tonight with your presence, guiding and directing and preaching and teaching of thy word, uh, trying each and every heart and soul that's here, and uh, drawing us into a closer and stronger walk with thee. Father, we praise you for all you've done. We look forward to what you're going to do, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Now, I'm not going to be preaching on the second coming of Christ, although I believe that is imminent. Uh, when you get into the Word of God, you can't get around certain things. I do not know the day or the hour uh, as, uh, because no one does. One of the things I think is interesting that a lot of people don't preach on, but you shall know the season. You ever heard that? I mean, it's in the Scripture. You shall know the season. You know, uh, season's a three-month period. Oh, by the way, I believe in uh, climate change. I think there's a summer and a winter and a seed time and a harvest. And so I believe in climate change. Now, if you want to get into global warming... Uh, my Bible tells me that as long as the earth endures at seed time and summer and winter and seed time and then harvest shall keep going. So which tells me that uh, 
You don't need to worry about global warming. Remember, believe God. I mean, all those baloney talkers out there try to tell you global warming, global warming. When you read about the second coming of Christ, the seven years of tribulation, you see a place where the sun becomes seven times brighter. Some people say that's seven times hotter. I don't believe that's necessary. So just because it got brighter doesn't mean it got that much hotter. It will get hot. No doubt about it. Where God says that uh, men's uh, that men will be getting burnt because of how hot it will get. But the Lord Jesus also had said something else. In uh, Matthew 24, he says, uh, he says, uh, when if pray that your the time that you have to run is not on the Sabbath day or in the winter. To me, that doesn't mean the winters have gotten warmer. That means winters will be colder. Now, that's all during the seven years of tribulation. We will have excessive heat. We will have excessive cold. But we will still have summer and winter and seed time and harvest. That is something God has promised for as long as the earth stands. And so it will all take place. But anyway... The actual message I'm getting in tonight, I want to talk to you about candles, light, and candlesticks of Scripture. <coughs> the candles, light, and candlesticks of Scripture. I'll start with the verse in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, the reason I like to start off with that is to let you know, first of all, every one of us have a spirit. Doesn't matter whether a person is a saved person, whether they're a lost person, it doesn't matter. You have a candle. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Uh, a person may be as lost as a goose, but they still have that candle. And it's God's candle. And the lost person may say, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Don't worry. If they keep on that path, they're going to get their wish. But the fact of the matter is, God is the one that put the candle, which is your spirit, within you. And that candle is there, and it is searching all the inward parts. Now, the Bible says the inward parts of the belly, but we don't talk like that anymore. But the fact of the matter is, that candle is continually searching you and I out. It's just always there. It's always searching. It's always searching. It is God. Somebody says, well, God doesn't know I did this, and God doesn't know I'm doing this, and God doesn't know I have this. On oh, yes, he does. That candle, your spirit, which is his candle, is searching all the time. Oh, I'm going to get ready with this. No, you won't. Oh, that uh, this will never get found out. Be sure your sins will find you out. You know, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter how 
how uh, clever you think you are. It doesn't matter how brilliant you think you are. Uh, uh, Elizabeth is married to a wiser. It doesn't matter how much wiser you think you are. <laughs> you know, <coughs> that candle is God's candle, and it's searching you out. And you will, it will always let God know what's happening within your heart and your soul. There's no way to get away with it. So it's important to realize that, that you have a candle. That candle is your spirit. It is within you. It is what God uses to just check everything out within your heart and your soul. Now, there's another passage. Now, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, I don't know how many of you ever recognized my Bible before when I've come here, but it was not this small. And... Uh, I've got a bigger Bible, and we were preparing to come over here, and I had uh, my Bible and my notes, and uh, and we packed everything up. My wife was going down her list, and she had down there Bible and this and all that stuff on the list, and she packed her Bible, and uh, I forgot mine. I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding. I have never forgot my Bible going anywhere in my life. Uh, and here I am, I'm going to preach, and my notes for my message are in my Bible, and my Bible, after I'm a couple hours away from home, are still home, and I'm thinking, I cannot believe what I have done. It just, it just totally amazed me that that could really happen. So on the way here, I bought a Bible. <laughs> and... Uh, and this afternoon, because we kind of got in a little bit late last night, and we were tired, and, uh, and so after church this morning, I jumped on Nathan's uh, computer and started going in there and typing out everything. So I don't have everything in my notes that I wanted to have in there. So if I give you a Bible reference, it was a Bible reference I had on my other notes, but exactly where the reference is... I'm not positive. So this here's one of the verses. Okay? It's in Psalms. Now, I'm not sure right now which psalm it is. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, in this particular psalm, it says, The candle of the wicked shall be put out. Now think about that, because we're talking about candles and light and candlesticks. Now we're talking about a candle that's getting ready to be put out. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. God will put that candle out. Somebody might say, well, what exactly does that mean? Let me just kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse here. First of all, so far the candles we've talked about doesn't say anything about them being lit. Okay? They're just candles. They are your spirit. They are within you. I haven't mentioned anything about them being lit. So, the candle of the wicked shall be put out. Well, if the candle is the spirit, that means if somebody remains in their wickedness, continues down the road of wickedness, that spirit, God will take and put it out they will 
no longer be walking the face of this earth. It is going to be destroyed. Now, by the way, I believe in the second coming of Christ. I believe in the seven years of tri- I believe in the pre-rapture. I believe in the seven years of tribulation. I believe when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, or during that seven years, uh, first of all, at one time during the seven years of tribulation, one-third of the earth is going to die. One-third of about seven billion people will die. Another place in the book of Revelation during the seven years, one-fourth of the world's population will die. When you look at the figures and combine them, it doesn't matter whether it's a third of the earth first or a fourth of the earth first. It doesn't matter when you put the third and the fourth together. It ends up adding up to exactly one-half of the world's population. During a seven-year period, 3.5 billion people will die. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know what it's like in this area. In Indianapolis, ever since Obama became our president and and the bottom started dropping out of everything, and, and I'm not trying to be mean to him or anything like that. I'm just telling it like it is. He became president. A lot of the stuff he does is totally off board with Scripture or with our forefathers or anything like that. I honestly believe the man is a Muslim. And... Uh, <coughs> But the fact of the matter is, in Indianapolis, because of the loss of jobs and because of things that are going on, murders keep going up. It's almost like you cannot go a day in Indianapolis listening to the news without hearing about one or two or three or four murders. Seriously. That's bad. And, I, and I've heard about that happening with other cities. And, and by the way, most of the cities that are having the problem. Now, I don't know if you've heard this reporter. Not a, I, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh one day. I was driving somewhere. I had him on, and I was listening. And, and he says, news from Boston. He said that that uh, attorney sat there and arrested six police officers, officers to try to calm the Uh, riots that were taking place, he says, but the news does not report that since they arrested those six uh, police officers, that crime and murders in Boston have shot up through the roof. He says the local news media will not report that. They just won't report it. No. The uh, candle of the wicked shall be put out. When the Lord returns, there's going to be a lot of people. And during that seven years, there's going to be a lot of people that the candle of the wicked shall be put out. Now, in fact, I think I'll save this next one for a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the light. In Genesis 1, the Word of God says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. He says, and the earth was without form with void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And then light came forth. Now, while we think about this, the sun, the moon, and the stars, if you didn't know this already, the sun, the moon, and the stars were not created till day four. 
God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, what was that light? I will tell you right now, I believe that the light that came forth. Remember John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. I believe that as God spoke for the first time in creation, that as he spoke, Part of him came forth because I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You'll find in Scripture it says that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. You'll find in Scripture that Jesus Christ is the creator of the heavens and the earth. You'll find that the Holy Spirit in one passage in Scripture also is a creator of the heavens and the earth. But when you read the Word of God and get into the books of Moses, you find out that the Word of God says... I am the Lord thy God. Beside me there is no other God. Now, if God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and if Jesus Christ is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and if the Holy Spirit is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and the Lord God is the Lord God, and beside him there is no God, then God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have to be a fact. Now you might say, I still don't quite understand that. How can there be three in one? Do you realize when he created man, he says, let us, talking about God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, create man in our, man singular, in our, plural, image, singular, and after our, plural, likeness singular but the word of god is very clear he says that when god created you he created us body soul and spirit we are a trinity god is a trinity i believe it's psalm 98 let us sing unto the lord a new song for the uh, lord hath gained the victory his mighty arm his right hand and his Mighty arm hath gotten the victory. Now, in one place, the Lord Jesus Christ ascends to the right hand of God the Father. He is the right hand of God the Father. Another place, the Lord Jesus Christ teaching on the Holy Spirit and says the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Anything part of my arm is part of me. And that's what Jesus Christ is, very much a part of God. As God spoke, and by the way, Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. So what you're doing is you're getting a, a Trinity lesson here in the middle of this message. If you don't believe that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one, you're off base. See, your, your Mormons believe that there's Jesus, but they don't believe He is God. Your Jehovah's Witnesses believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that he's God. The Muslims believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that he's God. Well, in order to be saved, you better be believing right. And if you can believe that God made you a body, a soul, and a spirit, 
you'll be able to believe that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is one. Is one. It's important to realize that. It's important to realize that. So anyway, Jesus, and uh, well, in John, I already talked about him being the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So if the Word is God, and then John 1.14 comes along and says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So if the Word is God... And the Word became flesh, then God the Son, the Son of God, who is much, very much God, dwelt among us. It's important to realize that. So anyway, so I'm just bringing him forth as the light. Jesus is the light. Another passage of Scripture uh, <coughs> on the Lord Jesus being the light is in, uh, let's see, is that the right verse? I have down John 1, 12, and I'm sure I'm in the wrong verse on that. No, it wasn't John 1, 12, it was John 8, 12, I believe. I think I typed the wrong thing in. Then Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, that's very important for this message tonight. Number one, we already showed where the light came forth before the sun, moon, and the stars were ever created. That was Jesus, the first begotten, the only begotten of God, very much a part of God. By the way, when Brother uh, O'Donnell or myself or another preacher preaches, uh, ho hopefully we're having the Holy Spirit guide us and lead us in our preaching. But as we talk to people and give people our word, that's very much where we try to stand. My word is part of me. A, a good businessman, I mean a good businessman, he can go on his word and a handshake. My word is bond. And that's the way men are supposed to be. That's the way women are supposed to be. Our word should be our bond. Well, that's the way it is with God. As he spoke, the word came forth. The light came forth. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the word. Jesus Christ came forth. He is God the Son. If we are body, soul, and spirit... Jesus would be considered the body in a manner of speaking. I'm not trying to get sacrilegious here or nothing like that. Because the Word of God says, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So God the Father is spirit. God the Son is body. So in a manner of speaking, if you use it like that, the Holy Spirit would be the soul. But it is a trinity in one. In fact, if you were to look at Genesis 1.1, and the Hebrew of it, the word is Elohim. The word is Elohim. And Elohim means plural. Otherwise, if God was singular, it would have been Elohi. And they added, and the word of God is, has it out there as Elohim, which means plural. 
And that's why we're able to stand on that. You might say, boy, Brother Pring, we were going on in this. It's important. It's important. But Jesus is the light. And he says here, then spake Jesus unto him, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. I love that. You have a candle. The candle is God's. You may rebel about against being God. You may re rebel about doing what's right. You may be rebelling, wanting to do your own thing. By the way, the word for that is froward. A person that is obstinate and wants to do their own thing. Somebody says, hey, I would like you to do this. I'm not going to listen to that. Brother O'Donnell preached the word of God and said, if you want to get closer to God and want to see God move, then this is the right way to do it according to the word of God. And you say, I don't care what that preacher says. I'm going to do things my way. Froward. Frowardness, the word of God says, is abomination to the Lord. Otherwise, if you want to become an object of extreme hatred to God, keep being froward and do your own thing. Me, I don't... I, I have, I've noticed in my life, in fact, really after I found out exactly what the word froward meant, I had to say, Lord, forgive me. There's been so many times in my life that I've been froward. Somebody says, uh, hey, you ought to do this. I'm not going to listen to that. Hey, it'd be good for you if you did this. Well, I'm not going to listen to that. Uh, what, but, you know, these are good ideas. Maybe it's your mom and dad. You know, the word of God says, honor thy mother and thy father. And so many times children say, I don't want to listen to them. It's froward. It's froward. It makes us an object of extreme hatred and abomination to God. And it's a bad place to stand. But anyway, he says, I am the light of the world. He that Followeth me, shall not walk in darkness in that candle you have within you. It's God's candle. The spirit of man is the candle of God, of the Lord. It's his candle. He gave it to you. When he created Adam, the word of God says, and God breathed into the nost his nostrils a breath of life, and man became a living soul. That spirit, that candle, went down into him and made him alive. The reason we move and live and have our being is because of Jesus Christ. And it's because of that spirit or that candle that God placed within us. You have that candle. And the Lord says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He is the light of the world. One more on the light. I love this in Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. It says, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Now, by the way, if you, if you read that in your King James Bible, there's no comma in there between. It is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. Why? Because they're all one. Amen? <clears throat> they are the temple. 
Amen. By the way, you ever notice God says that our bodies are a temple? You know why he said that? Because his body is a temple. He doesn't need a temple. He is the temple. And our body is a temple with a candle of the Lord in it. And that's why we're bought with a price. We're not our own. We're supposed to do what he wants us to do. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. No need of the sun, the moon, and the stars. Why? Because Jesus Christ is going to light that place up. If you didn't believe that Jesus was the light that came forth from God, you ought to believe that Jesus is the light that's going to be sitting in the temple. It doesn't need any sun, moon, or stars. He's the light. Now, going back to the one I I'm just kind of passed over. Again, this is one of my verses that uh, I'm sitting there thinking, where's that from? So somewhere in the Psalms, I don't know which psalm. It says, Thou wilt light my candle. Thou wilt light my candle. That light that's going to lighten a candle is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're saved, your candle has been lit. If you're lost, you have a candle and... If you go on in wickedness and never learn to trust Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, one day the Lord will put out the candle of the wicked. He'll put it out. It never gets lit, which means it never sees real light. It always walks in darkness. It never gains understanding. A wicked person will stay in darkness and a lack of understanding for all of their life and then get kicked off into eternity into hell. To me, that's not a lot of fun. See, my older brother, younger brother, and myself all came to Jesus Christ April 19th of 1975. At the time, we were running with the wrong kind of people. We were into drugs and alcohol and just, just doing the wrong stuff. But on that night, the Lord Jesus Christ saved all three of us. And I'll tell you what, I'd far rather be saved than lost. I can remember growing up as a, a youngster in the Methodist church, and, and I'm sure they had some pretty good words, but they weren't King James even back then. That was back in the 60s. And, uh, and as I grew up, I just kind of got away from church and got out of the way and started running with the wrong people. Because a lot of the direction, I mean, a lot of our direction we received was be good and treat people nice and you'll be okay. Well, if you don't get Jesus Christ, you won't be okay. That's all there is to it. And so anyway, uh, when my brothers and I came to the Lord, he changed our lives. He turned us around. He, man, just to think about everything he's done, now, I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my family. I praise the Lord. I have, I have four lovely daughters, and they've, they've all married men that three of them are preachers. And, uh, 
and one of them's married a good man that just works real good and hard and keeps them in church. I mean, they just they they're in they're in families that know the Lord. I have seventeen grandchildren. You know, a lot of people might sit there and look at my life and say, "Well, brother Pringle, you're not very rich." Oh, you don't understand what the Bible riches are. I mean, the Bible says that they, a, a righteous man will have to lay down to his children's children. And somebody might say, well, you, there's no way you don't have that kind of finances. Oh, yes, I do. It just so happens that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And my treasure happens to be in a different place. And as my grandchildren grow up, my wife and I try to make sure that if nobody else, now thank God for my family because they're all trying to make sure of it anyway. But if nobody else teaches my grandchildren, we will talk to them about Jesus Christ. We will talk to them about salvation. We will try to give them an inheritance that cannot be defiled. Amen. That nobody can take away. And by the way, thank the Lord every once in a while during a year, we get to hear that another grandchild got saved and trusted Jesus the Lord and Savior and and we just get tickled. I thank God that one day I saw fit to realize that I was a wicked sinner. And I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and life and save me. And he did. Amen. And now it gets passed down. And he changed my mind. It's hard to tell. What kind of a wife I might have had had I stayed in that particular uh, uh, way of going. It's hard to tell what kind of children I would have raised up if the Lord would have given me any in that kind of, uh, in that kind of a lifestyle. It's hard to tell. Uh, in fact, really, there were at least two times that I had enough in me in the way of drugs and alcohol that I should have been dead. It was just a grace of God that I am not dead. Now, at the same time, I think a lot of my past has helped injure some of my present health because if you sow to the flesh, you're of the flesh, going of the flesh, reap corruption. But at the same time, I thank God I'm doing as well as I am. And, uh, and, but the Lord lit my candle. He is the light. Now, there's one more thing that needs to take place there, and that's where we start in Revelation chapter 1. In Revelation chapter 1, it talks about the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. The candlestick is a church. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And that's where I'm going to have to pull my glasses out. <laughs> See, when I, when I print a message, I try to print it at about a size 18 or 20 so that I can read it. I mean, I'll, I'll print all of my scripture reading and everything so I can read it. So uh, going into Matthew, i got to get used to the Bible and find Matthew. If you're already there, pardon me for the pause. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5. 
Okay, Matthew chapter 5, and I'll begin with verse 13. <clears throat> Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost the savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. And now, by the way, that's you, you and I are supposed to be the flavor of this world helping it. And if you don't try to help flavor the world, God says, I might as well just let people trample you. If you're not going to be salty. So, you know, you ever heard the person called, somebody said, man, they're salty. You know what that means? I mean, that person, they're just, they've got an attitude and they're not willing, they're not ashamed to share their attitude. They're just a salty individual. Well, God says, you're supposed to be salty. You and I are supposed to be salty for Him. Get an attitude about Jesus Christ. Let people know what you believe. You'll get more people saved that way. But anyway, going on. Find my place. Ye are the light of the world. Now, by the way, you are a candle. If you're saved, thou wilt light my candle. The light of the world Jesus Christ lights our candle. When He lights our candle, we become part of the light of the world. Amen? I like that. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. And this is the part I want to look at. Neither do men uh, light a candle and put it under a bushel. Now, by the way, this is in like at least three of the Gospels, if not all four of them. But in one of them it says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bed. Now, whether it's under a bush or under the bed, both of that is a bad thing with a lit candle. Uh, I mean, you want to burn your house down, that's a good way to do it. Back in the day when they had their bushels, it would have possibly made, uh, been made out of burlap or it might have been made out of reeds, dried reeds. And you put a candle underneath there, you're in trouble. But anyway, so you don't stick it under a bush or you don't put it under a bed. But where do you put your lit candle? On the candlestick. On a candlestick. Why on a candlestick? Because the Word of God says that the candlestick is the church. Now, I don't know, Brother, Brother O'Donnell was saying, if, if you need a reason to come back to church tonight, you don't come normally on Sunday nights, Brother Pringle's preaching, and, and you ought to come hear him. And, and I'm thinking, man, that's quite a compliment, you know. And, and, uh, but at the same time, maybe somebody did come back that doesn't normally get here on Sunday nights. Now, I don't know that, so I can't be preaching at you even if you think I am. <laughs> so, but the fact of the matter is, your candle should be lit by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the one that says that the church is a candlestick. And Jesus Christ is the one that said you should put your candle lit on the candlestick. Which means if you came back tonight, you did what God wanted you to do. You put your lit candle where it belonged. On the candlestick. 
You know, the Word of God tells us, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, which is the manner of some is, and so much the more. Otherwise, you get more and more busy about being in church as you see the day approaching. What day? The second coming of Jesus Christ. Is the 1960s at China, the kings of the East came up with a 200 million man army. Well, nobody in the world believed there could ever be a 200 million man army for centuries. They thought, man, that's a bunch of baloney. The, the Bible is just written in such a way that it's, uh, it's not real, it's just metaphor. And because nobody can ever have a 200 million man army, and, and therefore, uh, what the Bible says there is just a, a metaphor. It's not nothing real that can ever happen. And uh, but wow. And then the kings of the north is Russia. You know those guys are biting at the bit to come down onto Israel. You know that. God says the kings of the north are going to come down on Israel. God also says that when the kings of the north come down on Israel, He's going to take care of them. I love that. <laughs> I love that. The Bible, Jesus is the one that gave the explanation of the fig tree. When you see the fig tree beginning to bud, the fig tree is the nation of Israel. And the budding of the fig tree means Israel becoming a nation again, which it had not been for almost a 2,000-year period. And once again, in the late 1940s, and if you take Daniel chapter 9 where it says, And thy holy city, which includes Jerusalem, which I think Jerusalem became an official capital of Israel in the 1960s. Russia, 1960s and up. Oh, by the way, the Lord says that if he did not return when that time was up, that, man, that we could, the whole world, world would be destroyed. Well, man has had the power to destroy themselves since the 1960s. Jerusalem became part of Israel in the 1960s. China had a 200 million men army in the 1960s. And he says, this generation, when he's talking, the budding of the fig tree, Israel becoming a nation, this generation shall not pass away till all of it is fulfilled. That includes the seven years of tribulation, people. That includes the seven years of tribulation and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we get 70 years from the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, 2020, maybe 2030. People, one way or another, you want to look at it, we're in the last days. And forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. And so much the more, but exhort one another. Exhort one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. People, the day is approaching. Your lit candle should be on the candlestick. The churches today need more help to help uh, us have a unity for the moving of the Holy Ghost than it has ever been in the history of mankind. Now, by the way, I love the idea of the moving of the Holy Spirit in hearts and lives because the Word of God talks about the early rain and the latter rain. And if you look at the Word of God and search that out several times in Scripture, it talks about the early rain and the latter rain. And James, I think it is, says the husband's not going to 
do everything he does till he receives the early rain and the latter rain. And the early rain was always the first rains of the springtime. People would go out there and they'd plant their seed. And, and by the way, when Israel was playing, uh, was uh, really close to God and doing what God wanted, that early rain always come at the right time. I mean, it came, they'd go out there, they'd work their fields, they'd plant their seed, and God says, okay, time for the early rain. The early rain brings up the buds and starts the crops to grow. And as the summer comes along, yeah, there's rains on and off here and there. And by the way, when Israel was close to God and serving God, uh, they had perfect weather throughout their summers. And then as they would get close to the end, as, their, as harvest time is drawing near, God would say, okay, now it's time for the latter rain. And he would send that latter rain at the perfect time to where all that seed, as it's getting ready to come to fruition, gets that latter rain, and all of a sudden it plumps. Because that rain just goes up in the stalks of that uh, corn or wheat or whatever you had and just fills it up and makes it big and ripe. And then he lets the rain go off in the crop to dry out so that they can harvest it and take it and thresh it and get it ready for people to turn into to their food supply for the winter and so on and so forth and keep some aside for, for the next year's seed time and, and all of that. But he made that crop perfect. And Scripture talks about the early rain and the latter rain. And, there's, and I don't have those notes with me right now, but when you look at that, I believe that the early rain was the falling of the Holy Spirit from the time of Pentecost through the, Christ, uh, the Gentiles, the Jews coming to Christ, the Gentiles coming to Christ. There was uh, 3,000 and 5,000, so many people getting saved and daily were added to the church. And that was the early rain. That was the planting of the seed. Well, I believe that the latter rain is the hundredfold harvest. If they saw three and five thousand saved, we can see three hundred and five thousand saved. But it's a moving and working of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives. But we've got to be right with God, and we've got to be in love with God, and we have to believe God, and we have to trust His Word. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, it doesn't, you know, I would rather be one of those prepared than one of those who are not. I'll tell you what, I love the fact that I'm in the last days. This is a dangerous time. We see Islam cutting off the heads of Christians. We see them trying to get into our nation. We see the wickedness going on. But I'll tell you what, we see the righteousness of Jesus Christ with saying to his people, hey, read your Bibles. Get on your knees and pray. I had one of the gentlemen in the church, and I don't know if they want to be mentioned or not, so I'm not going to do it, but one of the gentlemen in the church come to me and said, Brother Pringle, you're preaching. I said, yes, sir. He says, let's go pray. I love that. See, we need to be on our knees, and we need to be praying for God's power, and we need to be praying for God to open up the word to people's hearts. You know, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Uh, you might say, well, I gave so-and-so a tract, which is good if they read it, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. 
And there's nothing wrong. You have a good track ministry, keep it up. But if you get the opportunity to give somebody the word, give them the word. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word. And for faith to start in the heart, you, you have somebody in your family that may be impossible to get saved. They just hate God. They hate you talking about God. It doesn't matter when you get near them. Just give them a little slice of scripture. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And if you give them a little piece of scripture, it might start to break open a little seed of faith. And that little seed of faith might find some water and start to grow. See, we're in the last days. Jesus is getting ready to come again. I love being in the last days. I don't like the heartache. I don't like to see the wickedness and godliness is taking place. But there is a wealth of righteousness and reward and glory that's getting ready to take place that's going to bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be the candle that won't let Christ light it. Because the candle of the wicked shall be put out. Stand for the Savior. Believe his word. Stand on his word. Pray and work with your pastor. And watch what God can do in these last times that we have. Let's pray. Father, we come to you, Lord, this evening. We thank you for this time.